Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ryan Wilkes. How you doing today, Ryan? Not too bad. We got to enjoy a, a decent football game for a little bit last night until it got out of hand, but I'm doing well. Yes, that that national championship was a, was a good game until about uh, midway through the second quarter, and then Alabama just decided to completely run away with it. Um, if you didn't see the score, it was Alabama 52, Ohio State 24. Um, it was tied 14-14 about midway through the second quarter. And that's just when Ohio State completely buckled. Yeah, I mean, you take out that second quarter and it's a 10-point game. Second quarter, Alabama outscored Ohio State 28 to 10, which was really the deciding factor being at 35, 17 at halftime. But you take out that second quarter, you know, it's 27, uh, 14, uh, Alabama would be in the lead. So, you know, that that's the story of the game really came early when Trey Sermon was knocked out of the game early, but master T came in and picked up the slack. I mean, 15 carry 65 yards and two touchdowns. He, he was looking good to start that ball game and you know Ohio State was hanging in there it was back and forth 14 to 14 and then you know Ohio State won a possession or two without scoring they got a, the big turnover uh off uh Mac Jones with the, the strip sack and at that point it was 21 to 14 and then you you know I I realized if they don't get a touchdown here you know it could get bad and they did settle for a field goal and that, that's when it kind of went went sideways because then Alabama follows with a touchdown Ohio State follows with a punt then another touchdown by Alabama and then you know back and forth Ohio State kept punting the ball away and and that's when it kind of got out of hand but you know mid third quarter they kind of brought it back with a three play 75 yard drive which resulted in seven points and at that point it was a 14 point game there's a lot of time left in this ball game but you know Alabama just ended up running away with it and uh big thanks to Obviously, the elephant in the room is Devontae Smith. Just an absolute masterful game from him. It was just – it was amazing. 12 receptions, 215 yards, and three touchdowns all in the first half as he was knocked out of the game early in the second half. I think they took him out. I think he was hurt, but I think he probably could have played if they needed him to. But obviously, Alabama is not you know hurting for weapons. They've got guys like uh, John Mechie and uh, – even Najee Harris out of the backfield having seven receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, it, it, it was really special watching this Alabama team because I think they're up there with the LSU team of last year uh, with, with not necessarily the team as a whole, because that LSU team I do believe is more complete, but this offense is one of the best we've ever seen. I mean, Mac Jones, 36 for 45, 464 and five touchdowns doesn't get much better than that. And uh, it, it was special watching this Alabama team play last night. Um, I will say, uh, first for Trey Sermon, hopefully he has a healthy recovery um, coming up to the draft, considering he is he is definitely a, a pretty good prospect coming in to this draft. But, I mean, we, we did see stuff out of J- Justin Fields. He showed he can use his legs pretty well. Um Six carries for almost 70 yards. 
it's it's interesting because seeing Justin Fields kind of fold under this kind of pressure kind of leads some people to worry um, because if you're if you're a quarterback in the NFL it's it's a it's a tough league you can't really fold under the pressure if you're the starting quarterback yeah I I don't disagree but my thing is with this game, and, and I think the Clemson game shows what he's really capable of. And this game, I mean, the defense couldn't stay couldn't stay on the field. I mean, they, they couldn't they couldn't keep the offense off the field because they were just giving up score after score. And I think one of the biggest red lights or red flags in terms of prospects for Ohio State is Sean Wade, as he you know did call out Devontae Smith earlier earlier in the week. And then, you know, we saw how that went with Devontae Smith, three, three touchdowns and all that. And I, I think in this game, you know, stuff was trending in the wrong direction. They couldn't get a stop for Justin Fields to work with. And I think he threw a lot of good balls. I think there's a lot of good things coming out of that game. And I did like his pocket presence. He stepped up in the pocket a lot, uh, went through his progressions and, and took off if he needed to. And that's not necessarily something we've come to see from Justin Fields because we've always seen him as more of a – stay in the pocket and sling it type of guy, but he did escape the pocket. As you said, six carries, 67 yards being Ohio state's leading rusher and going back to Trey sermon. I mean, that's a heartbreaking loss of what looked like possibly a broken collarbone as he was thrown to the ground and got up like, like nothing happened, but then realized something was wrong and uh, transported to the hospital prayers up for him, but only one carry his first carry of this national championship game. I'm not saying if they had Trey sermon, this game would be much different because that's, it's a running back and that's hard to tell. It's not like, it's not like if Alabama lost this game, they lost their starting linebacker. I mean, that's their, that's their defensive guy on the field that, that orchestrates everything. And they did feel that hurt a couple of times as they had one play. I, I don't know if you remember, but they had the guy running off the field and I saw him, he was still on the field when they snapped the ball. I was like, why was that not called? Because they only had 10 guys on the field and that uh, not having your middle linebacker on the field, the guy that kind of, controls everything he's kind of the coach of that defense I mean that hurts but the running back position I know Trey Sermon was a huge loss but you can't necessarily say that would have shifted the game either which way because it's not like it's a it's a linebacker or somebody like that that controls that side of the ball so uh it's tough to lose Trey Sermon and you know but Alabama thoroughly outplayed Ohio State in this one and you know We'll see how the draft goes. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where Devonte Smith falls. I think there's many, many different scenarios for him. Yeah, I, I definitely think Devonte Smith uh, sealed his fate for being the best receiver in this class uh, with a 200 yard game and three touchdowns in basically two and a half quarters. Uh, he he was absolutely phenomenal last night. No, he. He's truly one of the receivers that it's gonna be. You're gonna to have to put the best corner on your team on him. Yeah, and even then, uh, he's probably not gonna be stopped. He might be, uh, you know, lessened a little bit. But as we saw last night, Ohio State's number one guy couldn't guard him. And you know, it's interesting because I think Devontae Smith is definitely the number one wide receiver in this class, but. Who's to say if Jamar Chase didn't play this or played this year that, you know, it wouldn't be the other way around because I think those two guys are 
both really close in talent, and I think they both provide different things. I think Jamar Chase is, is a bigger wide receiver that that provides more, uh, I don't know, physicality. But I think Devontae Smith, you know, I, I, I hope we see him, you know, put a little muscle on because he is going to need that once he arrives in the league. I, I mean, I think the most obvious comparison is somebody like Stephon Diggs. Um, I think Devontae Smith is a little bit, you know, I'd say he might be a little bit faster. And I, I liked a lot of what Alabama was doing with him last night. They would put him in motion and then they would send him. He'd come like he was running, like he was going to run behind Mac Jones. And then it was a bit of a wrinkle and they just brought him back out to the same side. And it worked nine out of 10 times. There's not much you can do in that scenario because you get, you get whoever's on him shifting over and then they've got to change their momentum. And by that point, Devonte Smith is, you know, waving at you as he's in the end zone because he, he just, he can fly. And Mac Jones, I know he had this insanely good performance, but when you've got guys getting separation like Devonte Smith and like John Mechie, it's kind of difficult to assess where he is and where he will fall in this draft because it, it's, it's just a it, – it's hard to tell because you put, you put Mac Jones in a situation where he doesn't have that many weapons – who knows what he's going to be like? I think that that's the that's the diff that's a difficult thing to know about these quarterbacks that are on these teams like Ohio State and Alabama are. Are they really going to be able to produce on a team that doesn't have much? Yeah, you looking at this game, Mac Jones looking like a really good quarterback. Like you said, if he goes to a, a terrible team, uh, say for instance, he somehow jumps all the way up to number one or two with uh, the Jags or the Jets. They don't have any weapons. How are they going to perform there? I mean, we know guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to do what they do, uh, no matter what they have. Um, but Mac Jones is kind of in a similar uh, case as uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, you don't know exactly what you're going to get out of him in the in the next step. Uh, yes, Mac Jones plays on a much better team. Uh, Zach Wilson kind of lacked the competition but they're kind of in similar situations yeah it's hard to tell it really is like it's a it's similar because you don't know what you're like what's coming like you said because you know BYU I think that the best team they played this year is Coastal Carolina and props to Coastal Carolina they're, they're a good team but you know it's kind of a, there's a bit of a Cinderella story and who knows how really good they are defensively and you know, Zach Wilson didn't really perform that well that game. I mean, they lost, they ended up losing that game. And, you know, it's kind of hard to tell with him, like, where he's going to – what he's going to do. Like, because I do like Zach Wilson. I do think he can be good in the NFL. But, you know, it's hard – it's really, really hard to tell where he's going. I mean, he was 19 for 30, 240, a touchdown, interception. Not awful numbers, but nonetheless, it's against a team that they should have beat. And, you know – a guy like Mac Jones, you know, he's not, as we've seen, he's not the most mobile guy. And when you're throwing to guys like Mechie and Smith, it's not that hard to deliver a ball to them because they're, they're usually wide open. And, you know, Justin Fields, we saw him in, in the Clemson game throw six touchdowns against, you know, what seemed to be a pretty decent defense. And I, I think we know all we need to know about Justin Fields. I, it's hard to tell whether he's going to go at two or not. I think it's going to be up in the air until draft night because if the Jets decide to ride with uh, 
Sam Darnold, I think it's either going to be Sewell uh, up two, or it could they could possibly even go Devontae Smith. I think that's still a, a realistic possibility. I think if anything, it's it's hard to you know say that Devontae Smith's draft stock has gone up because it was already pretty pretty darn high, and I, I think I think it has gone up. I think he's now a possibility to be in the top five as opposed to you know he a lot of people saw him fall into the Eagles at six. Um, I can see him. I can see either him or Jamar Chase. You know, it's looking like they're going to be five and six. It could swap either way. I think it could be, you know, possibility could be Jamar Chase to the Eagles or it could be Devontae Smith to the Bengals. And it's just a, it's a crazy situation. And that's what's so exciting about this draft because there's a lot of uncertainty and there's going to be teams taking shots, shots in the dark, essentially, because as impressive as Mac Jones was last night, I think he is still a shot in the dark as just as much as a guy like Kyle Trask, because we saw what Kyle Trask can do with less and it's not much. He, he was not impressive in the game against Oklahoma. And that kind of told me like you give Kyle Trask no weapons and you know, he's not going to perform that well. And that could very well be the case with Mac Jones, but we don't know yet because we haven't seen Mac Jones without everything he's got. And I think that's going to be really interesting. I don't see Mac Jones as a day one starter. I don't think anybody really does. Um, I think he's going to go to a team that has a solid quarterback in place and maybe try to develop him. I already do think he's pretty polished in the pocket, but um, it's going to be interesting to see who t- who takes a shot on Mac Jones. Seriously, he's going to take the shot on Najee Harris. Um, definitely balled out last night. Um, not not the the eye popping stats we've seen from all season, but still on the season, almost fifteen hundred yards and twenty six touchdowns. He he is gonna be one of the the better running backs out of this class. Um, definitely reminds me of a, a baby Derrick Henry. Um, just just a little smaller, six two two thirty. But Alabama just known for breeding running backs at this point. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jason. I mean, all all the running backs they have in the league right now, it's it's absolutely insane. I mean, they had. Three starting NFL running backs in the backfield at the same time, which is absolutely crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris, like you said, stats aren't going to jump off the page. 22 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. But if you watch that game, you see the true physicality of Najee Harris and how, you know, even if there's one guy in his way, that's not going to stop him. He carries guys for five, six yards at a time. And it's truly incredible. And I think he, you know, is probably the best running back to come out of this class. I don't think it's relatively close. Um, I, I, I think he, you know, running backs aren't as valued in, in, in the draft. But I do think he is a first round talent. And that says a lot for a running back because running backs, you know, you've got to be a special running back to be picked in the first round because, you know, running backs can be picked up anywhere. I mean, we saw J.K. Dobbins fall to what the second round last year, and it turned it turned out to be an insane pickup for the Ravens. And it's hard it's hard to tell what he's going to turn out like. I think I think Derrick Henry is a good comp. I think they're very similar players. So they're going to carry guys for five, six yards. They're going to, you know, you get in the way of one of those guys, they're going to put a hurting on you. It's not, you know – I haven't seen a guy this year lay a big hit on Najee Harris because it's nearly impossible because you try and lay a big hit on Najee Harris, you're getting run over. And I think, you know, one of the most impressive plays I think I've ever seen. And when I kind of was like, 
it was a wow factor for Najee Harris was that hurdle in the uh, in the Notre Dame game. Not only did he hurdle the guy, he hurdled, landed on his feet, and took off for another 40 yards. And I think that right there tells you all you need to know about him and his potential. He's just – he's outstanding. And even – he's a receiving third out of the backfield as well. Seven catches – he was the third leading receiver on Ohio State – or on Alabama, excuse me. Uh, seven catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I, I think that's impressive. And I think that is a testament to the to Alabama's scheme, getting him open. And uh, props to Steve Sarkeesian going out with a bang in his last game uh, as Alabama offensive coordinator, putting up 52 points and, you know, really, you know, letting those guys know how much he like how much he loves them and, you know, getting them a national championship before he heads to Texas. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, it was announced last night that Bill O'Brien is becoming the offensive coordinator out at Alabama uh, after this season. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what Bill O'Brien can do with Alabama. I, I, I think, you know, a guy like Nick Saban is not going to hire a guy he's not confident in. And I think that, that's a testament to Bill O'Brien's abilities and what he can bring to this Alabama team. And, you know, Alabama, it's, I hate to say it because it's the same thing every year, but they're not going away anytime soon. I don't think anybody expects that. Um, it's going to be the same, most likely the same teams at the top for quite a while. And Alabama is always going to be in that conversation. Um, congrats to both of these teams um, just for making it here, uh, especially Ohio State with how short of a schedule they had. Uh, that just shows – how good a team they are. But, I mean, when you're going against Alabama, there's there's not much you can really do. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, like you said, props to everyone involved to put this on. And uh, it's it's a real testament to everybody involved that we're at this point, that we did complete a full college football season. Uh, not really a full college football season, as Ohio State only played eight games. But, you know, the Big Ten, say what you want about – that conference and how they handled this whole situation, but you've got to give credit where credit is due. They did what they could. They listened to the players in the off season, trying to, trying to have a season. They listened to Justin Fields. They listened to everyone involved and they did what they could. And, you know, it, it's, it's a real props to them for having a team in the college football playoff. I mean, albeit the reasoning for Ohio state being in the college football playoff is not because of what they've seen, but it's because of what they already know about Ohio state. And that proved to be, you know, a good pick for the college football playoff. You know, a lot of people thought, you know, Ohio state's not going to do much. They haven't really played anybody and who knows what, what kind of team they are. But if you remember correctly, going into this season before COVID and before everything else, people were saying without a Dell, Ohio State should be the favorite. I I was on that boat because a lot of people didn't know what Ohio or what Alabama was going to be like with Mac Jones, and everyone knew what they needed to know about Ohio State. They're one play away from being in the title game last year. A bad throw by Justin Fields over the middle that was intercepted. They were going to win that game if they scored a touchdown. And I think with a full season, this Ohio State team I think would have fared better in this game. And you know. I think that's part of the reason they were selected because you've already seen what you need to see from Ohio state. It's the same team from last year and they added a running back like Trey Sermon. I don't think you need to see anything else. I think they were the right choice. And I, you know, again, like I said, props to the big 10 for, for doing what they could. I mean, I didn't agree with them postponing or canceling the season in the first place, but they, they made amends for it and they, they came back and they were, 
you know, had, had a team in the playoff, which with eight games is, is hard to do. So uh, I was impressed with them. I'm just happy that we could get a full, we could get a semblance of a college football season, even though we weren't allowed to be in attendance, which for us, I mean, might, might've been a blessing with how the season went for the Hokies, but uh, uh, you know, just happy, just happy. We got some college football this year. Yeah. It's, it's always a, it's always a fun time, no matter what kind of football is on. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed this this quick little recap of the Natty. Um, if if y'all didn't get a chance to watch it, it's gonna be replayed for probably the next six to seven months. Uh, so if it's on, go watch it. It it was a it was a f- phenomenal game until uh, uh, Alabama really just took over. But even then, it was it was still a good game to watch. Yeah, yeah, I I beg you to please if you did not watch this game i know it looks like a blowout at least watch the highlights because you're going to want to see what Devonte smith did it was truly special and i was very fortunate to have been able to watch that performance from him he was he was electric at one point i said he could go for 400 and i think that was a real possibility because it looked like at one point that was the guy mac jones was eyeing all game and it didn't matter i mean mac jones might have been telegraphing but his Devontae smith was wide open all game i think it was really special seeing what he did but with that that's gonna wrap us up i've been your host jason Mitchner, joined alongside ryan wilkes we'll see y'all next time